Hey, good morning. It's Andy. I hope you're having a great start to your Tuesday. It's always uh, good to gather together with you as we kind of reflect on God's Word and get our day started off together in a great way. So thanks for taking a few minutes to join us this morning. I hope that uh, as we dig into God's Word together that uh, you can be encouraged by this and uh, find uh, that little bit, of, little bit of extra motivation uh, for living your life today. So thanks for watching. Um, thanks for sharing these. We I, think, I think I mentioned this yesterday, but we also... Um, I've been putting these morning reflections out as a podcast as well. Uh, so if you're on Apple Podcast or, or Spotify or any other um, uh, one of the other podcasting apps out there, be sure to uh, subscribe to or, or follow our podcast, and uh, you can get these in audio form, which would be great as you're walking or driving into work or, or however you find it. So uh, we would encourage you to do that as well. Uh, today we're going to be in the Book of Acts, Acts chapter six. Um, I, I want to look at basically um, verses one, um, one through uh, one through um, uh, uh, six of Acts six. Acts six, one through six, where it says this. <clears throat> now, during these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. The twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, "It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables." Therefore, friends, select among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit of wisdom, in whom we are to appoint this task, while we on our part will devote ourselves to prayer and to the serving of the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and then they list the rest of them, and they laid they, they had these men stand before the apostles and prayed and laid their hands on them. I didn't go through the rest of the name because I just didn't want to mangle them. In the morning, uh, but other other uh, well, they'll do it. Um, Philip Parochus, Nicanor, Timian, Paremus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. So there you go. Now we've got them all mentioned. These are the first deacons uh, selected in church history, and I thought this is this is a very interesting text when you look at it. What starts off the saying is that. It says, now the, the Hellenists complain to the Hebrews because their widows are being neglected in the daily distribution of food. When the early church started out, the, um, uh, the church held lots of things in common because being a Christian was going to have major consequences to your life. If you're a Christian, you may not be able to get a job. You may, have, you may lose your job. You may have a lot of things happen to you that would be very difficult. So, by the way, let's hear this. I want to be very clear. We see here that the Christians face persecution because of their faith. And they were okay. They made it through it. When we face challenges for our faith, remember, we're not the first people to ever go through difficult times because of our faith. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. And don't doubt that God is not at work or that God is not doing something in the midst of our challenges and of our faith. So we see here that 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 the, the reason why they held it all together was because many Christians could work. Many Christians could not uh, support themselves, and so the entire community would take care of those that were at need. Acts 2 talks a lot about how they did this, how they held it all in common, how they took care of themselves. Basically, this is a situation with the Greek and the Gentiles. The Greek, uh, the Hellenists, the Greek widows, and in that context, a widow would have been somebody without a husband and maybe even without a child, and they would have had no way to support themselves. They would have been basically destitute. And the church took it upon them upon itself to take care of and support the widows within its midst. And so these Greek widows, the Hellenists, the Greeks, 
they felt like they were getting being neglected when the food was given. And 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 it sounds as though they, they were, because the apostles came up with a solution. They didn't say, oh no, there's nothing there, but they came up with a solution. Um, so there was a problem going on there that that and it wasn't purposeful. Um, the apostles were devoting themselves to preaching and teaching. There were a, the church. The church grew. There had more and more needs, and the apostles couldn't take care of every need. So what they decided was what they prayerfully decided was this: We're going to keep doing what we're called to do, and we're going to appoint these here to be deacons who are going to serve. And so I think there's a couple things when we read this text that we can come away with. First is, I think. Understanding the apostles, we don't all have the same calling. Your job this morning is not to be me. My job this morning is not to be you. We all have different callings, different personalities, different giftedness from God. It's very easy for us to say, gosh, I wish I was more like so-and-so or such-and-such. As a preacher, gosh, I wish I could preach like so-and-so or such-and-such. It's very easy for us to see what others are doing and and maybe not even to be envious of them. Because this is not necessarily envy. This is when you see someone doing great things for the kingdom, you say to yourself, man, if only I could do that like them. If only I could sing like they could. Or only if I could lead like they could. If only I could have their giftedness, then I could do something really great for God. Don't be the best them that you can be be the best you that you can be because yes God has many people that are great and gifted no doubt but you're one of them God doesn't need you to live out someone else's calling God needs you to live out your calling the apostles said we don't have time to wait on tables We've, we're, we're preaching, we're teaching, we're leading, we're doing these things here, and we don't have time to organize all this food. Like, and that's not a criticism of the apostles. They, they had a different priority. But here what, we, here what we see is this. It doesn't mean that that priority wasn't important. The tables must be waited on. The food must be served. People must be cared for. The apostles are not saying, oh, this is an unimportant task, and you should just get over it and don't worry about it. No, that's not what they said at all. Quite the opposite. They recognized that, yes, this wasn't eat. They, they recognized that, that, yes, these widows should be cared for. They recognized that, yes, this food should be served. They, they recognized these things. They, 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 they agreed these things should be done. So the answer wasn't to ignore it or pretend like it wasn't a big deal, pretend like it was unimportant. No, the apostles agreed that this should be done, but it wasn't their calling. It was, however, someone else's calling. You don't be them, you be you. You don't worry about their calling, you are at your calling. You don't worry about being faithful to what God's called. You don't worry about their faithfulness to what God's called them to do. You worry about your faithfulness to what God has called you to do. Today, you have been called to something. Today, God has something for you. Some task, some calling, some something that God has for you. I don't know what it is. You might not even know what it is, but God knows. Be faithful today. Follow God. And, and notice, these individuals were called up from the community. One of the ways we know that what we're called to do is somebody might recognize something in us. Someone may see something in you today that you don't see in yourself. Um, I didn't know I was called to ministry for a long time. 
people started naming me, and he said, Andy, you, I think you're called to be a preacher. I said, oh, no, no, I'm not called to be a preacher. You might, you're seeing things. You've got a heartburn. I'm not called to that. But over and over again, I heard it mentioned that you might be called to this. And that's what led me to really pray about it. So today, be attentive to what people, to, to, the, to the giftedness that people see in you. You may have a giftedness and an ability that is yours that others may recognize in you that you may not even recognize in yourself. Pay attention to that. See what God's calling you to. So we see that not everybody's called everything. We also see to pay attention to what others see in you. And then we also see this last thing. We see um, the importance here of serving. These deacons were called to serve. And that's what they did. They distributed the food to the widows. They took care of their needs. And they served them. There's something to be said for all of us in our daily life for us to be serving. Jesus says he did not come to be served, but to serve. If Jesus Christ said that he didn't come to be served, but to serve, that then tells us what we should be doing. We should be serving. We should be caring for others. We should be doing our part to further the kingdom to that. Serving. Today, maybe you're not called to be a preacher. Maybe you're not called to preach a sermon. Maybe you're not called to lead. I don't know. But I know that every one of us, somehow in our life, can serve someone else. Now, the apostles served in that they enabled the deacons to serve. And they continued with their calling, which was to preach and teach and serve in that way. We've all got different callings. We're all called to put the needs of others ahead of our very, our very own. Jesus says, no greater love is this that you lay down your life for your friends. Today, you and me, in our life, we can lay down our life for our friends by serving them, by caring for them, by loving them, by living out the gospel, not just with our words, but with our hands. And as we live out our gospel, live out the gospel with our hands, as we live out the good news of Jesus Christ with our hands, people will say, gosh, what's wrong with you? Why are you living that way? Why are you acting that way? Why are you doing this? And then we can respond, as it says in 1 Peter, when it says, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that you have, we can respond, why I live like this, why I serve like this, why I care like this, why I do like this. Easy. The answer is Jesus. Jesus is why. So may we live, may we serve in such a radical way where folks want to understand today what's different about us. And think about that, y'all. <laughs> think about this world we live in today. If we truly, really, and truly lived out and served the gospel, as God calls us to, imagine how different this world would be. And imagine when we live in that way, folks are going to say, hey, why do you do that? Why do you act like that? If we truly live that Christian life today, folks are going to know what, what, why do we do that? What's different about us? And the thing that's different about us is always Jesus. Hey, hope you guys have a great day today. Uh, I love you. Serve somebody today. Be true to your calling. Be true to what God's called you to do. Pay attention to what others see in you and serve somebody. If we do these things, we'll see God's glory in some amazing ways. Love you guys. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.